many times I've had the feedback. We get that DMM is important, and there's a big picture happening here. But how do I do it? What's the steps that I need to take? And that's why, in this podcast, Jason and Myra's story is really important. Because they'll share with you their journey from knowing about DMM to actually engaging in DMM. And in this podcast, you will learn about the importance of being part of a community, the importance of learning through various means that is caught, not taught, and how uh, prayer is an integral part of jumping into engagement in the harvest. I hope you really enjoy it because I really enjoy Jason and Myra. They're just fantastic people and really great lessons on how do I start the journey in DMM. Enjoy. So welcome, Jason and Myra. Tell us a bit about yourselves. Well, I, I'm originally from America, and uh, I came from a missionary sending church. I never thought of myself uh, as a missionary growing up. I, I never had an ambition to be a missionary. But um, in my early 20s, I was at a crossroads. I'd been studying film and graphic design, and my... My church was putting on this Perspectives on the World Christian Movement course. Hmm. And I kind of... There's quite a story as how to even how I even got into that course. Because um, I didn't even really know what it was. But after, after having taken that course, it opened my mind to the needs of unreached people and the importance of believers reaching out to the unreached. And also started to open my eyes to um, church planting movements that were happening and, you know, about contextualization of the gospel and all that stuff, which really all excited me. And uh, at the same time, it also got me to pray for unreached people groups. Hmm. I started to pray a lot for people groups in Indonesia and uh, in the Middle East and that's where I really caught a heart for Muslim people groups. And, um, yeah, and I also found out about this ministry um, that we're still working with, Create International. It's a ministry of YWAM that produces resources that uh, essentially um, contextualize the gospel and puts it in a story form for people uh, in audiovisual um, story form. Um, that they can understand. And even before that, I was also getting involved in local evangelism at uh, where I came from. And we had this uh, kind of model of uh, reaching people, which was like basically convincing them that they're sinners and they need a savior and get Mm. them to make a decision and say the prayer and then see you later kind of thing. What about you, Myra? Um, yeah, I, uh, Pretty much after I made a decision to follow Jesus, I grew up in a Catholic church, but then, long story short, um, after I made the decision to really uh, follow Jesus and have a relationship with Him, I really felt almost like quite right away God placed mission in my heart. Mm. And yeah, I guess come really comes from a place of prayer as well. I remember like one of the 
church retreat, I went to Indonesian church. I, I was born and raised in Indonesia. When I came to Australia, I went to an Indonesian church. And I, I remember, like, during that church retreat, there was, like, almost like uh, a call to mission to Indonesia, to the kind of thing. And I just really felt, like, such a stir in my heart. It's like, yeah, I, I want to respond to that. And, and also being a graphic designer, I studied graphic design. And I knew that, just like Moses, God can use whatever you have in your hands. And uh, I really felt like this is what God's going to use me, uh, combining my heart, my passion for unreached people groups and my skill. Long story short, just like Jason, I came across this ministry in Create International. Um, and that's what we've been doing. But at the same time, like Jason was saying before, like we both carry heart for Muslims and we love doing what we're doing, doing media um, to reach Irish people groups. But there's this like yearning in our hearts that we want to be more hands-on and in-person relationship to reach the lost. Like um, that's kind of something that we've been grappling. It's like, oh, and we were living in Thailand for seven years before we uh, came to Australia, came back here. And, and it was wonderful. It was fantastic. And that's, but all along, we felt this like something like um, like a bit of a void in our hearts. That's like, ah, we want to be more in person. We want to be able to disciple somebody. And I think I remember even the idea at some point in my life, I remember like I was wrestling with this question when Jesus said, go and make disciples. And I was wrestling with this question, who am I discipling? I remember mm. there was a point in my life, even though I was already in the mission, I was like, yeah, I mean, I have my children. They're my main, um, the people that I'm discipling. And of course, that's valid and that's important and necessary. But outside my own children, I kind of like, I, I don't know how to answer that. And I was like, and I, I, I felt I'm so bothered with that question. Like, who am I discipling? Like, um, I mean, in terms of the loss, like, you know, I have other Christians around me, people who works in our ministry that I'm indirectly discipling, which is great, but I felt like I'm not satisfied just discipling Christian. I felt like I want to I wanna be among the lost. I want to be able to disciple the lost. That's kind of like, yeah, where we were at at some point in our life. That's so cool, Mara. And um, so hearing from you both, you know, you're from uh, um, some traditional church backgrounds, but really have an encounter with God with prayer. And you've really uh, then developed a heart for Unreached and then joined YWAM and Create International and doing an awesome job. But then there's also questions of um, how how do I do this? And I think like many pastors in churches and and people involved in full-time Christian ministry, they find themselves um, at the edges, although having a heart to reach people uh, ministry uh, sometimes creates a problem of no connection or little connection. Uh, uh, and so this raises a whole bunch of questions of how do I do this? What what am I actually called to do? I, I say this stuff, but I'm actually doing this over here, which is kind of associated, but I, I really long for more. What kind of questions were you guys grappling with? Yeah, I mean, part, our ministry which I still believe in the vision and, you know, we're still a part of it, but there was this aspect of uh, us creating resources um, and then distributing, and then we'd have local missionaries to do the distribution. Um, But for us, building relationships with the unreached was a very, uh, 
it was a bit foreign to us. Like we kind of felt like this was our job to kind of broadcast the gospel, to kind of package mm. it and broadcast it. Mm. Um, but when we came to this idea of, you know, trying to make disciples, like when we talk to people, they ask us, what do we do? And we're like, oh, yeah, we're missionaries and people don't know what to make of that. <laughs> um, so yeah, when we came to Melbourne, it was like, we need to um, not be inside of a Christian bubble. We want to be in community amongst, we, we purposely placed ourselves in an area where there's a demographic, a demographic of people that we want to reach and just start to build relationship through family connection. Um, uh, it was actually our kids who really introduced us to a lot of the families in the neighborhood because like at one point um, very early on when we moved here into this neighborhood we were like we have no idea how we're going to start yeah. connecting with the now people what? here we're here now what <laughs> <laughs> and we start to see some you know um, Muslim people groups around and we're like ah, we have no idea how we're going to start to connect with them um, at one point though Talia who had started going to this local public school she was kind of like stalking the kids like to see her where friend. they go it's her friend yeah it's yeah. her friend she wants to see where does she, where does she live so we can you know go see her and i'm like <laughs> uh you know i'm feeling all awkward about it but she's just like you know she just wants to go see her friends and through that um through her relationship with her friends we also made relationships with the with the different families until and now. Until yeah. now, we're really good friends with them. Just yesterday, I went for a walk with the dad. Mm. And I've been sharing a lot of scriptures to the mother. They they are uh, Afghan families, so they're mm. very, very open. And, yeah, potentially a person of peace that we found. Yeah. So so you guys um, jumped into community, and you immersed yourself. You, you decided to pop the Christian bubble. <laughs> And uh, then to jump into a place of um, uh, just engagement with community and engagement with, um, um, uh, yeah, on a relational basis. Uh, how was that different to what you would normally do? I mean, honestly, we came up with this idea not because we sat down and formed this brilliant plan. <laughs> it's just really like something that we felt the Lord is really telling us to do, like, you know, we a lot of times, like we said before, like we don't, we're not quite actually know what we're doing a lot of times until now. Every now and then, like, like what's what we're doing? <laughs> Just I guess the best thing what we've learned over the years in mission as well is the importance of listening to God, um, hearing His voice, and obey. And when and when God spoke to us about moving to Melbourne, we just okay, we're gonna move to Melbourne. And then next we asked for more specific, like what are we gonna do in Melbourne? And then He brought, He really like put in our hearts and mind, like what strongly to focus on Afghan people. Okay, that's great. And then like, okay, where where do they live, God? Like where should we position ourselves? It's I guess more like just like in, involving God in every step of the way, even towards yeah. the detail. And then really uh, had a strong sense like in as a particular area in the southeast Melbourne that He wants us to position ourselves. So it's more like, all right, okay, fine, let's let's move there and find a house there. So it's really more like just doing the next step, the next thing that God is kind of 
leading us to do. So that's pretty much what we were been doing and are doing until now. Like, because honestly, a lot of times we just like you know learning as we go and not sure what not quite sure what we're doing. <laughs> and then yet yeah, then through the place of prayer, you know, God does speak and God does lead and just just do it. And then you'll see things that we're like, well, we wouldn't be able to orchestrate it ourselves any better if we do it <laughs> with our own planning and stuff. Yeah, so good. And that value of hearing from God, that value of um, just taking the next step. and But also, you know, you're doing um, something a little different is you're really intentionally pursuing uh, the vision and the harvest that's there. And so you go and plant yourself in the community and you immerse yourself and that's that's uh that's great so guys you moved in you had all this amazing uh opportunity of building relationship but how did you learn what to do what what was it that you changed and shifted in your approach to reaching people well when after we moved here uh, i remember like we kind of like settle get our house settle, and we just have this big question like okay now what <laughs> um and and yeah i mean like we're here as i don't know if we mentioned it before god really made it clear uh one of the purpose the biggest purpose for us to move, move back to southeast melbourne is to focus on reaching out to afghan people so in our mind in our mind when we moved here it was like okay well that means we're probably gonna be reaching out to uh you know one or two families and then see them coming to Christ and be baptized, and that's it. Our job is done. That's kind of like, at least in my mind, that's kind of like, uh, that's how I was picturing. Okay, just focus on one, two families, and that's it. And then I guess when we first, um, even when we first find out that God is calling us to move back here and reaching out to Afghans, somebody actually from a Praxis community, we shared this story to somebody um, um I don't know if I'm allowed to mention his name. Um, he's Iman, who also works with Praxis, and he kind of connecting me with another Praxis member. It's like, oh, this a lady, she's also reaching out to Afghan. So I kind of, that's kind of how I, we started the journey to learn to know how to do this. Because, I mean, honestly, we came here, we know traditional way of evangelism. You know, um, a lot of it is friendship evangelism, which we believe uh, that's a very important thing to do friendship. But where to go from that friendship that's the part that we're not quite sure how what's next like making right. the friendship we know but then from friendship to especially with this new people group that we've never really interacted before how do you do that after that we, we mm. don't quite know how to do it so I guess when we first came here like we have a contact of this um, lady who also working and reaching out to Afghan we just give her a message and it's kind of like it just that's how it all started and she just like invited us to one of the praxis hub meeting and i mean we we heard about dmm before we we kind of but at all this time it's more like we were more like an outsider and an observer like okay this is dmm we were observing it but not necessarily practitioner on actually doing it or know how to do it so i guess this uh since we came into this uh, hub meeting kind of like heard more it was quite encouraging hearing different stories who of the people who came to that hub at that time and I remember as well our friend gave us uh, a different books that you know she just uh, encouraged us to read and that's kind of like how we started journey like the book especially that miraculous movement that really kind of stir our hearts and 
it's just so encouraging after reading that book, like so simple it is, even somebody who's uneducated can do it. And that's kind of like what gives us the excitement, like it just knowing how simple it is and how it all depends on the Holy Spirit. It's not like how good you are, even like, I don't know, I always like um, feeling a bit, um, what's the word? Like, um, yeah, when people call me like, if I calling myself as a church planter, it's almost like, uh, I don't know, I feel like there's a weight and, <laughs> you know, title to go with that. And I never really like want to be in that position. But you know, understanding what is a disciple maker, but Jesus called us to make a disciple, like, you know, that we are disciple maker. I felt like, yeah, I can go with that. I can go with this thing calling like we are a disciple maker and then learning how to do it. And mainly just... Uh, from the book that our friend gave and so many other books after that where we've been reading and different podcasts that we were listening. and But again, I think for us, just being part of a community, a disciple-making community, uh, that's like what really helped us the most because uh, it is really mainly like what we've heard before this term is, is, is caught than taught. And I felt mm. like just doing life together with our friends, praying together with our friends, encouraging one another just having a group of friends who have a common vision reaching out to afghans and then we pray for that and talk about it and living lives and sharing lives and i think that's kind of like how we've learned from point a from point b like doing it together i think that's like the biggest lesson that any books can really teach you awesome so what i'm hearing is that you came in you intentionally placed yourself in mission, but really was joining a practitioning community, joining a, a group of people that were doing it, but also getting fed in a few different ways from reading books to hearing stories to hearing about how, how other people did it really kind of helped you make that uh, make some of the jumps. Now, you, you talked a lot a bit about, um, you know, you, you're building relationships, and, and um, I think we all understand the importance of friendship and relationship, but how did you jump from relationship to discovery Bible study? What were the, some of the steps that you had to do differently there than what you used to do in the past um, to help people jump into engaging with God's word, uh, which is not just engaging with you, but engaging with um, the Bible. Um, what were some of those things that you had to do there? Lots of prayer, <laughs> really, just prayer, like, you know, because we don't know who are the people who are ready to hear the word of God, like among the lost, right? Like you're talking about the context of the lost that we are connecting with, the lost people. We don't know, like we, we may all, since we came here, we're just doing our best to connect with different um, Muslim people, as Afghan people, you know, we just kind of like, okay, let's throw our nets quite wide in terms of friendship, making all these kinds of friendship. But among mm. all this friendship, we, we, we don't know who are, who are ready, but God knows. And I guess for us, we just spend a lot of times in the place of prayer. And, and pretty much I remember uh, at one, one morning when just doing my prayer time, that's like kind of like when God kind of put in my heart, like to connect with one particular Muslim friend that I have. And I really felt in my heart quite strongly that this lady was in great distress and I should connect with her. And I was like, oh, that's kind of okay. Uh, I hope I heard you right because I haven't actually connected with her for a while. But 
and just, you know, uh, take that step of faith of calling her. Actually, I left a voice message saying that I've been praying to Jesus and I really felt that, you know, she are in great distress and if you need somebody to talk to or um, just reach out to me. And yeah, she was, she reached me back and, and she was like in tears. She was quite surprised. How, how, how did I know how, I mean, it's like in my heart, like, I don't know, God knows. And yeah, it all comes from the place of prayer. And just through, through that phone call, that's where um, our discovery Bible study groups started with this uh, Asian Muslim family. Mm. So it was really through um, praying, but it's also that you heard from God and you shared something spiritual with with the um, with the people that you're reaching, and you reached out with with something of God, and and you put it out there, and you didn't know how it was going to be responded to. No. So um, yeah, <laughs> what what happened after that? Um, yeah, after that, I was just pretty much in that phone call when she rang me back. This is while we were still in lockdown. Oh, yeah, this is lockdowns. last year during that long lockdown in Melbourne. And she just rang me back. And then I don't even remember which scripture I shared with her. I was just pretty much just listening to her struggle and everything. And then as towards the end, I just got the scripture in my head. And I just like share with her, like, you know, can I share this with you? This has been quite an encouraging uh, scripture for me. And I think whatever scripture I share with her, it seems to be um, spoke deeply into her. I suppose, but then I, towards the end of that conversation, I asked her, like, do you think you want to read more scriptures with me, like, if you like this? And I was quite surprised. She said yes, and I wasn't even sure she's going to show up when we set up the time to do it, and she did show up. We did it over WhatsApp call, and that's going on for a while, and then eventually I always asked her, like, who you will you share this with? And she continually, faithfully sharing it with her husband. <clears throat> Long story short, um... And when lockdown was kind of lifted and we were able to see people face to face, we invited them over and we gave them a Bible in their language. And it was, uh, a, it was an amazing experience to see how delighted they, they were to receive it. And we invite the husband, whether he wants to join to read the scriptures together with both Jason and I. And he said, yeah. So that's kind of how it all began. Like and we, the four of us been meeting up. Um, and read scriptures from creation to Christ. But, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. That's fantastic. So uh, how's it going? Well, it, it had been going very well. Um, there's obviously a lot of learning for us in how do you, you know, transition to baptism and commitment. Um, in In many ways, we see, like, these two acting as disciples of Jesus. They're hungry for the word. They're um, gathering and reading it and discussing how can we, um, how can we live out the word? How can we obey? And um, in some ways showing more hunger than a lot of Christians that we know. Mm. Uh, in some ways, you know, acting as disciples before even having made a commitment which is something I've heard about, but um, experiencing it is something very uh, amazing. But we haven't gotten to the point where they make a decision to be baptized. And uh, recently they moved um, to um, regional area. the regional area to, for, for work. But <clears throat> they, they have said that they would like to continue uh, over the phone. Over Zoom. 
Yeah, and, and it's been an amazing experience as well. I think, um, like, um, you, you, I, f- I feel like traditionally, um, we, we normally would make sure that we would, the idea of like having somebody to understand the word, it takes, you know, back in those days, right? It needs to be somebody who's gone through Bible uh, school or whatever for someone who can interpret scripture correctly. But it is amazing just from our experience reading the scriptures with this Muslim couple, the things that they're getting when we ask the question, what stands out to you? What have you learned about God? Just different things mm. that they share is quite like mind blowing. I was like, wow, I would never see it that way, but in a good way, in a good way, mm. the kind of revelation that they're getting is just like phenomenal. It was like, and to us, just like that story of um, is it Peter and Cornelius and the, the vision that Peter has, like, you know, how the Gentiles accepted the, the, the gospel and stuff like that. Just really seeing that the Holy Spirit can speak to quote unquote unbeliever or non followers or non Christian. And the things that they are sharing with us, what they're learning is like, this must come from the Holy Spirit that cannot be coming from anything else. Like, you know, things that they were sharing back. And it's very encouraging for us to see like, well, even us, I felt like we are learning from them too, what they're getting. Like, oh, wow, we would never see this particular scripture in that angle. And they see it that way. And it's quite refreshing, actually. Reading scriptures with them is very like, yeah, very refreshing. And for us, it's been, you know, challenging to just to to try not to teach, rather let mm. let the word speak and let the Holy Spirit speak. Yes. A lot of times we're tempted to um, explain and teach, which what we've always been doing in the past. <laughs> yeah, and also you know get them to the point of like, okay, so you want to get baptized now? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we've been very much pulling back on this idea that we need to to explain to them what the scripture means. Mm. Uh, and I think that's, I think we've been doing that pretty well, but still, um, you know, coming to the, we haven't had the, seen them come to the point of, you know, decision. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Fantastic. And, um, the, the idea that the word of God, um, and the spirit of God is enough and that you're seeing then disciples being made and you're still grappling with it kind of looks different to the conversion model where you're really trying to push people to in the, in the old a way of doing things to make decisions but you're allowing this process uh, i've heard it many times that oh this actually takes a bit longer than i thought uh for people to become baptized followers of christ but yeah so so awesome so encouraging lots of lots of good um principles there um, how would you encourage others um, to uh, jump into this space and to um, to to have a go at doing uh, this in their communities and the people they're trying to reach out to? What are some of the things you'd encourage others to do? Well, jumping back to um, when we first came and we joined, um, we joined a group of people who were doing basically house church. Um, that for me was a huge thing because I, I had, I had known a lot about, uh, what is a house church and, you know, this is what the, un, this is what the unreached do together. But, um, seeing my, like putting myself inside of a house church and inside of a group of people who are doing discovery Bible study together, who are going through discipleship process together, 
was a huge thing for me to experience. So like being part of a group that is um, going through a discipleship process and doing discovery Bible study together, I think was a big, a big thing for me. Fantastic. And I think for me, I think just looking back on our lives, like how even we got to this point, there, there are like I can just see several like um, what do you call that? Um, like stages where you know um, where we it all came from the place of prayer. I guess that's what I want to say. Like you know, prayer it just starts from prayer. I was if I couldn't encourage people, it's like. Sometimes it is hard to pray by yourself. Uh, I can I can understand that, but you know, just get together with other people that you know also have heart for for the lost. And I think just being in the place of prayer, I think that's one of the first main key to get started. Um, because yeah, I mean, God God does speak, and he he can lead you. He's a good shepherd. He he's the guy who leads you and guides you. So. Um, yeah, first of all, just kind of establishing that relationship with God, establishing to feel, to be able to feel comfortable with prayer. I feel like to do this, if you, if we are not comfortable with the idea of praying, then, you know, it is, it is hard. I feel like that's the first thing that I would encourage people to be comfortable, to be in a place of prayer, to be in a place of waiting on God, to be in a place of praying with other people. And, and to look out outside ourselves because even in this lockdown, right, it's, I think it's so easy to feel be feeling depressed and weighed down because I think we do feel that way if we continue to look inside ourselves, look at ourselves. But, I mean, God's heart is always for the lost. He came to seek and save the lost. And I think, to me, I would encourage, like, you know, to, apart from prayer, like, you know, to, to seek where God is doing, what is God's doing to see our, outside ourselves and to jump into where God is, um, where God is working. Cause I always believe God is working and always working. He never stops. And it's not like we're working and then God jump and join us in our work, but it's actually completely the other way around. Like, where can, where can I join you, God? I guess that's always been my prayer. God, where, what are you doing? How can I be part of that? And the idea of not wanting to miss out in what God is doing in my world, in my area, in my lifetime, I think that's like what I want to encourage people just like, you know, more like, yeah, praying and ask God, how can we be part of what God is doing? And he will answer that. He will, he will lead you. Justin Mara, thank you. Your story is so important because many, many people are grappling with how do we do this? How do we jump out? What are the first steps that we need to make? How do I connect with people? How do I go from from where my traditional answers are to jumping into engaging and actually finding yourself both in the harvest but also making disciples amongst people that don't know him? And your story is so valuable and important. You're my heroes. I love um, uh, the story that you, you're telling because uh, this is what we need to see again and again and again. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. I, I hear the value of community. I hear the value of participating in a team. I hear the value of prayer. But also intentionally placing yourself in those relationships and sharing spiritual life, sharing the things that God is speaking to, to people around you that people might grasp and seeing who's hungry and open and then starting the discovery process. God bless you guys. 